the Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired Baltimore police sergeant. In the Law Enforcement Today radio show, we are joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, their families, and the community. We'll also be discussing issues in the news from the perspective of those in law enforcement. Check out our daily articles on our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. And while you're there, download our free app. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook. Search for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. She's a mother. She's a wife. She's a wife of a police officer. And her whole life changed when he was ambushed and shot. Now she's the president of the National Police Wives Association. And she's coming up on the Law Enforcement Today Show. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is brought to you in part by Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed veterans and first responders treatment program offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center. Calling us from St. Louis, Missouri, we have on the phone Kelly Lowe. Kelly, thanks for joining us on the Law Enforcement Today Show. Hey, Jay, how are you? It's how, a pl- hi, hi, America. <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you here. And first of all, for those who don't know Kelly, she's recuperating from major surgery. So we've been trying to make this happen for quite a while. And I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. And I know that recuperating from surgery is never, never easy. So it's greatly appreciated. No, no problem. I, I, I guess I'm just sitting around the house anyway. So it's, it's a it's a good thing. It lifts my spirits to gives even get some, on and talk to everybody. Good. So gives you a chance to, <laughs> to get busy without getting physical, which I'm sure the doctor said nothing physical. Yes, absolutely. I'm supposed to just sit. And for a person like me, just sitting is probably the hardest order that he gave me. So this gives me something to do where I can run my mouth and I don't have to get up and do anything physical. So That's it's great. Good. Well, I've never met you in person, but we've have talked on the phone before. And from what little I know of you, I don't think it'd be easy to get you to sit still for a long period of time. <laughs> no, uh, if it, people that know me will tell you I'm always on the go, always doing something, always got a project that I want to get complete. But I'm really passionate about what I do and why I do it. So... For me, staying busy means getting work done that's so crucial for law enforcement spouses and families across the country. So I, I, I don't like I don't like sitting still. Well, I like don't. to keep it and moving. I, and I want to thank you ahead of time. First of all, for your service, your husband Charles has been a police officer for a long time. Uh, you've been married for a long time, so you've been supporting and serving as well. And you also have an organization called the National Police Wives Association. I believe your website is nationalpolicewives.org. 
org. That's dot O-R-G. Tell us about what you do, what the organization does, and the whole purpose behind it. So, first of all, let me just say, my husband has been an officer for 20 years. We've been married 18 of those years. Uh, I served first here as the president of our local police wives association. Um, And then I was given the opportunity to become president of the National Police Wives. Uh, The major goal of our organization is to, to provide resources for smaller groups all across the country. So in in any given area or state, you will find groups of ladies who have come together to either form full-fledged 501c3 associations, sometimes they're smaller social groups, sometimes they're groups of women who are spouses of officers, women and men, I shouldn't just say women, women and men who are spouses of officers who've come together uh, by necessity because something has happened where they've had to come together to support their husband. Well, our thing at the National Police Wives is to be the resource in the middle that connects everyone. You know, there are so many things that happen on local levels that oftentimes across the country, for example, when there's a flood or a tornado or a hurricane, that everyone in the law enforcement world wants to get involved in as far as we're helping each other, but we don't know how. We don't have one central unit that connects us, and we are seeking to be that central unit that can connect people, that can provide resources, that can provide training, all of those things. So really important work uh, on a national level because I think that if spouses and families can see what the trend toward law enforcement is on a national level, then they will understand what they need to do to to be a better resource and support on the local level. And it's so true. So many people have the uh, mindset that they think that law enforcement in the United States, it's one big agency or that there is some sort of magically connected network. Every state has different laws, and every city, every county has different rules and regulations and constitutions for the states, and we don't always work well together. Not not meaning we're oppositional, but there's not always a free flow of information. So when you have a big emergency, a big catastrophe, and you have people volunteering to come from, say, St. Louis down to Florida, uh, or from Florida to Texas, it's not an easy transfer of information. And so in some ways, you all are helping with that. Yes, we are attempting to tie all of these people together. And in times, especially when we lose an officer, there are so many officers and families that that travel somewhere when an officer falls because that's how we support each other in the Blue family. I can remember traveling from St. Louis to Dallas uh, when when the five officers went down in 2016 and immediately recognizing the police wives that were there to support officers because we all do the same thing. And I remember wishing that I could have talked to them prior to coming down so that I knew maybe what they needed, maybe, you know, how I could support them in bringing resources, bringing more people. Um, I remember walking over and introducing myself and one of them saying, oh, my gosh, I, I walked over and said, hey, 
you guys are, are the Police Wives Association. And they said, how did you know that? I said, because this is exactly what I would be doing. I would be a doorkeeper. I would be welcoming people. I would be handing people tissue and getting them drinks. That's what I do here, you know, in, in St. Louis. And I remember walking over to them and introducing them, and they were, like, so overwhelmed that I would recognize that that's what they do. But that's what spouses do all across the country. We just need to be able to support each other. And we need to find a way to be able to say prior to even arriving somewhere, what is it that you need? Do you need us to bring things? Do you need us to bring physical bodies? Do you need us to, to send resources to you? What do you need? And so we're, we're hoping that the Nationals begin to set up that kind of network. Sounds like it's a very powerful organization, and the, the title National Police Wives Association is kind of a misnomer. There are people who would think, all right, that makes it sound as if the wives or spouses are somehow subservient, and that's not the case at all. It's never been the case in my experience. Right, right, right. Uh, I, I, our hashtag is a strong spouse matter, and I, I think that most people think that their wives of officers, you know, just sit at home and they really don't know what's going on and they really don't support them. But we know exactly what's going on. You know, unfortunately, in our social media, quick to learn everything uh, pace that we go at, everything's at our fingertips. Right. So being able to support our husbands who oftentimes are put out toward mental trauma and all kinds of things, we know those things before they step foot in our door in the evening time. We know those things before we hear Velcro rip, you know, in the middle of the night. That's what every police spouse waits for, for that Kevlar to be coming off, you know, in the middle of the night. And I know a lot of people think it's cliche, but hearing, especially when there's been a critical incident of some sort, something that's large, you know, other spouses have their, their husbands at home, their husbands and wives at home with them to comfort them through that. We don't have that because our spouses are comforting the community. And so the comfort for us is getting them home and being able to provide that peace for them. And so for me, especially as a lot of organizations are looking at mental health you know, services for the officer, the first place to start is with spouses and families. Absolutely. We are the first line of defense. If there's anything that's going to go on with an officer, it's going to happen at home first. Mm-hmm. And, and, if and that's you where the can, problems are going to pop up. That's when it's become noticeable that that officer, whether absolutely. it be male or female, is starting to struggle, has some issues dealing with trauma, dealing with stress, uh, drinking too much, all the things that go along with that and with the job. We're talking with Kelly Lowe from the National Police Wives Association. This is a Law Enforcement Today show. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Then call. That's right. Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. Low-cost airlines has all kinds of cheap travel deals. Fly domestically and save up to 75%. You can even fly internationally and save even more. 
Yes, fly anywhere in the world and save a lot of money on your plane tickets. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. So don't book your tickets until you call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-451-8603 800-451-8603 That's 800-451-8603 We all know that law enforcement, first responders, and military have dangerous jobs. They see and experience traumas that most can't even imagine. And all too often, that takes a toll leading to substance abuse, PTSD, and co-occurring mental health disorders. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to helping protect those who protect. Call 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed veterans and first responders treatment program offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. 9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Back to our conversation with Kelly Lowe from National Police Wives Association. That's nationalpolicewives.org. Is that your website? Dot org? Yes, dot org. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we pride ourselves here on the Law Enforcement Today show is when something happens in the news, whether an officer is shot or is involved in a shooting or is hurt in an accident, whatever it might be, they'll report that the the injuries are not life-threatening and they will survive. And they don't talk about what happens afterwards. And they don't often provide a forum or a platform for those law enforcement officers, first responders, firefighters, EMTs, corrections officers to talk. And, and a group of people that they never provide the opportunity to talk, or rarely I should say, are their spouses. So I'm glad that you and your organization are out there doing this and coming on the show. Uh, we appreciate it. I, I am one that always says when I get the opportunity to speak, especially for for spouses and families across the country, I'm going to always take the opportunity because we don't have a lot of people who are willing to go out and advocate for us. The atmosphere uh, can sometimes be very hostile. But I don't really care about that because I believe that in this country, if we can begin to understand each other, communities and officers, families, and we can all understand that we want the same thing. We all want safer communities. We all want our children to to come up in, in better areas. We all want the same things. We are all human and we understand each other's lifestyle. Then we can be better. Mm -hmm. So I, I I always feel it a privilege to be able to come on and advocate for families. I have made it a, a huge thing for me. It's a huge passion for me, especially after my husband being ambushed here back in 2015. 
that I'm going to speak. And Tell I us am about going that to night. So uh, I can tell you that, uh, let me start back from the beginning, because really the, the day before is what set that night for me. What I remember the most the day before is our child was 18 months old, and we had taken him. Uh, my husband had had a little time off. Most people don't know that a lot of officers, especially in the summertime, because this was July, uh, don't get a lot of time off because there's so many summer festivals and different things. So they're working a lot of extra duty. Um, and my husband's no different. <laughs> you know, that's what he does to make sure that our household functions like it's supposed to. And we had taken our child down to uh, what is called the city garden, and he was playing in the sprinklers. And I remember him drifting off into an area where there were older children where he could possibly get hurt. And my husband taking his hand and kind of leading him back. And I took a picture of that. And later that night, just maybe 10 hours later, there my husband sat in his car, blocked in with a shooter, shooting through the front window of his vehicle, being ambushed. So if you can imagine this in life, 10 hours prior, here I am playing with my 18-month-old son and leading him to safety, to a, guiding him. And there I am now, 10 hours later, fighting for my life. And the thing about that that doesn't make sense, and I understand it perfectly, having worked in law enforcement myself, and I think everybody that's been in law enforcement knows, when you have a combat military veteran that goes and serves, let's say Afghanistan or Iraq or somewhere else, we know they're gonna see a lot of bad things. And we, we want them to think that when they come home, it's a safe environment. For law right. enforcement officers here, you have an idyllic family situation, you're doing a normal thing that every family does, and eight hours later, you're in an absolute fight for your life. And it's not happening in some foreign country. It's happening right, right at home. Right. Literally a block to two blocks from our house, which is where he was sitting at extra duty at that morning. And we can uh, say we, that those, that's, that's members of our community trying to take mm-hmm. our own lives, or in this case, your husband's life. Right. Right. That's exactly right. Um, and I can remember, because this happened at about four or so in the morning, so I can remember sitting up in my bed and looking at my phone. And the reason why I picked it up was because I had that night, like most wives do, <laughs> I text him with some kind of trivial message, like bring home some milk, some eggs, whatever it was. I don't even remember what I was requesting at the time, but I popped up to see if he had gotten it because he was due home at six o'clock. And as I popped up, my phone instantaneously began to ring, uh, which is the phone call that no police spouse wants to get. Um, and I can remember the, 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 the sheer fear of the person on the other end of the phone. She was in a complete frenzy and she said, Mrs. Lowe, and I said, yes. And her first words, and these are usually the first words that they use, Sergeant Lowe has been in an incident. And I said, okay. And she said, uh, we're sending someone for you. And I immediately said, 
if you're sending someone for me, because now I'm not a, a novice police wife. I'm a veteran. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you're sending someone for me, that means my husband has been shot. It's been a bad car accident. Something is bad. They don't just send people for us if it's, you know, a graze and he's going to come on home. You'll get that call from your your spouse yourself. Right. Okay, I got grazed or I got nicked up, but I, it's no blood. I'm coming home, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were sending someone for me. And I said, uh, is my husband dead or alive? And she immediately said, I cannot tell you that. And I, I know that it's protocol. It had to be. Yes, I, I I can't even begin to put myself in that that your position, uh, not emotionally, I, not physically. I've never all those years of police work and seeing horrible things. I've never been in that predicament. And I know that is protocol. It is protocol. Um, they're not supposed to reveal too much to you because maybe she didn't know. Right. But I immediately began to feel. I remember my exact feeling was rage. And and somehow, because I'm thinking to myself, now I have a child in here that I have to prepare for whatever we're getting ready to go face. And somehow she and I uh, mercifully got disconnected. And (laughs) the next phone call that I got actually came from a sergeant that was on the scene with my husband who immediately said, uh, she said my name. And so I remember thinking to myself, note, and this is how I think because I do work, you know, with major, you know, associations, organizations. Note, remind police departments that saying the spouse's name is a comfort. Mm-hmm. And she said, Kelly. And I immediately said, okay, this is somebody that knows me. So either she's speaking to my husband directly, which means he can speak, or she knows who I am. It was immediately a, a, like a blanket of comfort. And I said, yes. And she said, I am here with Charles. We think uh, he got hit, but we think the vest took the bullet. We're not sure. So we're going to take him to the hospital. We need you to get dressed and come on out. And just her demeanor of calmness and just I'm familiar with you, your family, just, just washed over me. I was like, okay, yes. It was like taking a deep breath. Yes. I can come over there. And I remember being so grateful for her later. You know, and I didn't, I, I actually did not even get to meet her until a year and a half <laughs> into uh, his incident. And I remember just hugging her and being in tears because if, if it's not even something that I can describe to someone getting the, that kind of phone call. And so there we hustled up to go. And on our way, now remember, we live in St. Louis, Missouri, where Ferguson has happened. And this was 2015, just one year into what was going on and passing by. And there was a protester. He was the first one out there with others that would join him later. Not very many, but he was the first one out. And he had a sign that says, how does it feel? And I remember thinking, especially because we are African-American, what kind of world have we come into that it's okay for someone who doesn't know the condition of this officer? Now, mind you, he had no clue whether my husband was dead, alive, what had happened to come out with something like that. We're going to take a short break. 
This is the Law Enforcement Today show. Joining us on the phone is Kelly Lowe from National Police Wives Association. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Attention timeshare owners. This is an urgent consumer alert from Resort Release, a national company specializing in helping consumers legally get rid of their expensive timeshares. Once you've made that decision to get rid of your timeshare for any reason, Resort Release is offering a Better Business Bureau accredited way to legally get rid of your timeshare guaranteed. We guarantee to get rid of your timeshare payments permanently. Even if you've tried another company to get rid of your expensive timeshare, call now and see if we can help you. At Resort Release, you don't pay anything until you're ready. If you're ready to learn how to permanently get rid of your costly timeshare, make this complimentary free call right now. 800-472-0214 That's 800-472-0214 epidemic, America's public health crisis. These are all terms that describe the current problem of drug and alcohol abuse in the United States. Countless lives are lost and heartbroken families are too many to count. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to saving lives. Call 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has many acclaimed treatment programs offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. And online at transformationstreatment.center. This is Law Enforcement A Show. Joining us on the phone from St. Louis, Missouri area, Kelly Lowe from National Police Wives Association. Their website, by the way, check them out. Great group of people doing awesome things is nationalpolicewives.org. Kelly, we're talking about the night that your husband, Charles, a career law enforcement officer, was ambushed and shot. And you'd gotten the phone call, which generally means that they're still alive. Uh, when yes. they show up at your door, that you, you and I both know what that means, that it's really, really bad. Uh, yes. So you're on the way to the hospital, and you talked about a protester being there and wondering where do people get off of the, this this line of thinking that – I can't even come up with the right words because it's become so often that people just want to say, oh, you're law enforcement. Somehow you're not human. You don't care, and it's all right if you get hurt or killed. Yes. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I, here's the thing, you know, I 100% understand the purpose of protest. Sure. Again, we are an African-American family. And so a lot of the rights and the different things that we have as African-American has been born out of the protest of um, our ancestors and people. So I get that. I get the purpose. I even understand why people 
why communities feel so disconnected. But for me, the kind of violence that happened. Now, mind you, my husband had not um, engaged with these people. He did not know who they were. He had seen them walking around the neighborhood. He was he was working secondary or providing security for an, an entertainment district area. He hadn't encountered them in any way. They hadn't talked. They hadn't, you know, nothing. They just pulled up, blocked him in, jumped out, and opened fire. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Solely because un- he's a police officer. Right. Solely because he was a police officer. Uh, very unprovoked and so for you for anyone there are things that you do and you do not do Um, and I I think I think this is crossing the line I don't think you cross those lines even if this were a reverse situation I don't think you cross those lines when someone's loved one could possibly be dead you just don't do that no you Not if you have, have any ounce of human decency in you. Yes. And that's what really all, all of us, I don't, I don't really don't care what background you're from. I, I really don't care what race someone is, uh, gender, I don't, or gender identification or sexuality. I don't, I don't right. care. We're all human and we all belong to the same human race and we all have yes. the same wants, desires, and needs. Yes, yes. Common human decency tells you maybe this person's family is going to be passing by. And of course I did. You know, um, and I remember later when my brother-in-law, who uh, my husband's older brother, who they couldn't be, they're two separate people altogether. My husband's older brother is completely corporate. <laughs> you know, I could never, ever see him suiting up in a bad skin <laughs> anything like that. But I remember him, you know, as his older brother, this guy who had this sign actually tried to engage him he was actually engaging drivers uh, again because it was july people had their windows down as they drove by and just trying to talk to them and get them to see his point of view and my brother-in-law was one of those people and i remember my brother-in-law is uh one of my heroes in life because i remember him saying when he got back i did not engage him because i feel like this is the kind of thing that's going to matter later. He will not take my little brother almost losing his life and turning this into a circus. Right. We're, we're not going to do that. And, and I'm not going to yeah. be used as a political pawn. That's the other that's thing. Right. That as law enforcement officers, we're, we're apolitical. We're not allowed to be involved with politics. We're not allowed to talk about it. Right. But don't don't get me wrong. Everything about police work is politically motivated and driven by the mayors, the executive branch of government. They pick the police chief or police commissioner. He or she Absolutely. picks their command staff. They give the marching orders. And and the, the guys and women, uh, men and women on the street, they do the best they can for a community with all the rules and regulations and laws you got. And and no one, no one I know in law enforcement has ever set out to say, I'm going to do something to harm somebody tonight, and I hope I get to kill somebody. I've never heard that conversation from anybody, ever. And you, and, and you never will. No, as a matter of <laughs> fact, they'll do everything in their power to avoid that. Yes. And so I remember thinking, you know, even beyond that, when Charles and I began to speak about what happened to him, and us speaking about it was more so as he began to recover 
he realized that the mental health services that should be in place for officers who are wounded, who decide to go back to work, there's nothing in place for that. There's, you, you know, either you're catastrophically injured, you fall in the line of duty, but for those that fall in between, who have car accidents, who break their legs, who, you know, may get shot, but get shot in the vest. And I'm here to tell you that uh, do not believe what you see on TV. Taking a shot to the vest is a rough thing. Yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, not just mentally, but physically, there are things, you know, he's got things that are on that side where that bullet hit. Uh, our doctor told us he's going to always have a raised bruise and sometimes issues on that side because there were things that were broken over there that will never be fixed. I've had friends who were shot in the vest and thank God they had the vest because it saved their life, but they had yes. broken ribs. They yes. had severe bruising. They had internal yes. injuries. And some of yes. them wound up having disc or herniated disc problems because it's like getting yes. hit in the chest. Let's just say, for example, for people listening, you're wearing soft body armor. You get hit in the chest. And it's like getting hit with a sledgehammer. That force gets transferred all through your body. You don't get yes. the penetration of the projectile, but you get all the force and all the trauma. And there's a lot yes. of injuries that go with that. Not yes. just yes. physical. There's a, a tremendous emotional and mental injury and that so, goes along with it. And so Charles, you know, seeing that, we us seeing that as a family, you know, we began to search out the mental health services that we needed to search out, and they weren't there. And so, you know, my husband has become a huge warrior for mental health services for those officers, especially who are wounded and returned to work. Uh, he, right after his shooting, another friend of his was shot in the face that's in, and survived. There are many more officers that survived yes. that fall, you know, but there is not a lot of addressing their needs in departments or, you know, even in government. And so he has started his own non-for-profit called Project Hurt to address that. And so we as a family, and especially me as a spouse, I began to feel like, all right, <laughs> maybe I need to take a look up out of this local bubble and look on a national level and see if this is happening everywhere. And as I start to see that it's happening everywhere, I thought, well, see, here's the thing. You know, here in St. Louis, we were all into what was happening to us here. Like Ferguson, with riots, with different things. We didn't even think to look to Dallas happening next. And I know Dallas was not looking at Baton Rouge to happen 10 days, you know, after them. Right. And then so on and so forth. But we have to start looking at each other. I'm looking at what's going down in Chicago right now, mm -hmm. or just even in the state of Illinois altogether, because here, you know, St. Louis, Missouri is a bi-metro area, and we've had several officers just hit out on the Illinois road because people are not yielding. 14. 14. You know, we've all got to, and it's, it's not just happening here. It's happening in other places, so too. It's happening all over. And the sad part is, I'm so glad you're doing this. We're going to take a little break here in just a moment. I have talked with law enforcement today, either through lawenforcement.com, the website, our social media pages, or the, the radio show. We have talked to so many people, so many officers who've been catastrophically injured, had career-ending injuries, and they were totally mistreated. They were mm -hmm. dropped, 
fired, not had their medical bills paid, been denied oh, workers' compensation, and that's for physical stuff, documented physical injuries that are obvious. So when it comes to the mental, the emotional, post-traumatic stress, those sort of things, we are falling way, way short. We are talking with Kelly Lowe, and this is the Law Enforcement Today Show. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Then call. That's right. Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. Low-cost airlines has all kinds of cheap travel deals. Fly domestically and save up to 75%. You can even fly internationally and save even more. Yes, fly anywhere in the world and save a lot of money on your plane tickets. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. So don't book your tickets until you call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-451-8603 That's 800-451-8603 Are you working so hard to make a living you can't take time to make any real money? Is every day the same boring routine going nowhere and the money runs out before the month? My name is Ron Legrand and for over 35 years now I've been helping clients take their life back by buying and selling houses with no money, credit, experience, or license. If you'll call 800-956-0677, 24 hours, and leave a message, I'll send you my new book and CD absolutely free so you can see how. I've bought hundreds of houses and trained thousands to do the same. Call 800-956-0677, get your free starter kit until 500 are gone. You'll learn how to make a full-time income on a part-time basis without risk, largely tax-free, and get 90% of the work done for you for pennies. That's 800-956-0677. 800-956-0677. Again, 800-956-0677. That's 800-956-0677. Americans are going crazy for a new Italian diet pill that burns three times more fat than dieting alone. And the next 100 callers get three bottles for free. Sold under the brand name Invigorate 3X, this powerful pill triggers metabolic acceleration, a process that's deficient to most Americans, making weight loss a hassle. But a new study shows 30 pounds gone in 90 days with just two capsules a day. Julie B. of Nashville says, I was skeptical, but when I saw a famous doctor made it, I decided to try it. I was shocked. I lost 16 pounds in six weeks. For a limited time, our listeners get three free bottles with a qualifying order. Call 1-800-932-1786 now to get started. Call in the next 10 minutes and also get a free bottle of the Doctor's Ultra Detox. And don't forget your free 14-day diet fix. No obligation and 100% free when you call right now. 800-932-1786. 800-932-1786. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. Joining us from St. Louis, Missouri area, Kelly Lowe from the National Police Wives Association. Their website, nationalpolicewives.org. For anybody out there listening who thinks, oh, their wives are doting and subservient, that is not the picture. The closest I can come to for a description of what police wives, law enforcement wives, I mean, it's just spouses, men, women, 
uh, it'd be military spouses. My mother, you know, I grew up in a career Navy family. Dad was gone a lot. And when she she handled everything. And in law enforcement and first responder work, I don't know of anybody that, that is married that can do this alone. You've got to have the support of your family because it is so taxing, not just physically, but mentally, the hours, what you see, what you do, what you go through. Uh, then coming home and trying to be a normal mom or dad uh, can be a tough transition. Yes, I I 100% agree. And let me say this too, you know, finding each other, one of the reasons why we at the National Police Wives really want to connect wives with other wives, because we live similar lifestyles, it's really important to find what we call your tribe. Your tribe of people that really go through what you go through as a as a parent, uh, I always we always joke with each other and call each other single married people because <laughs> that's, a, that's a good because, that's a good definition. You, you're married, but you really are single because you attend things singly. Because you know, I always I always give the example. Everybody gets all excited about concerts and sporting events and different things that come to their town. Oh, I'm going to go with my husband and we're going to have a great time. And well, so that you and your husband can have a great time. I'm not going with my husband because my husband's going to be there to make sure that you all can safely, you know, navigate streets and safely be where you are to protect you. And so there are a lot of things that we as families, you know, just having a regular Thanksgiving. Uh, police department does not close. You know, you don't get to, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas might be on a different day. Uh, when it's snowing, they don't get to stay at home. They got to dig their cars out and, and, and go on to work. Oh, yeah. When there's, when there's been some and, kind and leave of our families to fend for themselves. I've got to tell yes. you a true story. This is a long time ago. I was a young policeman in Baltimore. I lived about 14 miles from where I worked. And I had a little Datsun 210, and uh, it, we had a blizzard. It was about a foot of oh. snow, and he, I got called in. You got to get to work. So how do I get there? He said, "Walk." Uh. I, I, so I'm walking down the highway, and uh, thank goodness a woman in a four wheel drive truck picked me up and drove me to work, so I could go get then get in the truck to go pick up nurses and doctors, deliver them to the hospital. Yes. So yes. we we had to find our way there, but we were there to help everybody else get to where they need to be. Absolutely, and. You know, I think this is true of the whole first responder family. One of the, 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 the people that are forgotten is, is their young children. Absolutely. There there are sporting events and different things that their parents may not be able to show up at. It's always whoever the spouse is. It's always whoever the, the family members are, you know, their substitute for maybe dad or mom who is serving their community. And I think it an honor for most of those children. They are very proud that, you know, to say, well, my dad or my mom is a, is a police officer. And I really want us to get back to as a society, not making those children feel like they shouldn't be, mm-hmm. you know, um, because it, it is a, a noble profession and it is a calling and a choice. I say to my husband all the time, I don't have the patience. You know, I I think one of the, perhaps, uh, I haven't taken a poll now, Jay, so you can't quote me on this, but I think that most, I I see in my police wife community, live TV is one of our most favorite things to watch. And so, 
you know, I think to myself, though, as I'm watching Live PD, here are all of these families. I understand what that means, that those husbands and wives and things are out on the roadways and out working. Here are all of these families who don't have the head of the household or the other person who's a part of their circle home. But we count it an honor. We count it as being a part of helping the community, too. Mm -hmm. I, when my husband goes out to protect and serve, I think it's a, me. I'm a part of that community as well. You are. You, and, you live in that community, and the, your police officers are part of the community as well. People tend to think of them as some sort of occupying force. Again, right. uh, less than human. And it's okay to dehumanize people in modern society if you can do it by occupation. But those very same people would never do it based on race or gender or, or sexual identity. But somehow, if they can say, oh, they're police, they're pigs, it's okay to do this, do that. And therefore, anybody related to them or associated with them are somehow subhuman as well. And yes. It's just hypocritical. Yes, yes. Um, I always say when they are having these community forums and different things, I love to go to them because I love to be able to stand up and say, you know, I live here in, in, in this community and, you know, my husband polices this community and we want things to be, We I want a safe park too. I want a safe school too. Mm -hmm. I want these guys to stop hanging out on the block too. <laughs> you know, because we all want the same thing. Don't think that we're not, we're not human. We are. You know, my husband is, you know, they love to call officers superheroes. Um, and they are heroes, but they are very human heroes who sometimes face real challenges in this world. They, they don't get a, to be. It, it takes a terrible toll on many. Yeah, I'll just say this. It does. It takes a toll on all of them to some degree yeah. or another. No one walks out of this line of work for a long period of time unscathed. Everybody is going to get dinged. They're going to see things they wish they'd never saw. They're going to see yeah. people at the absolute worst. They're going to have to deal with absolute desperation for families of, of, of addicted or criminals. It, it, very few people are hardcore criminals. It's a very small percentage of population. Yes. And that's the ones we deal with all the time. But this same toll that those officers wind up having to suffer, their families catch it as well. Yes, we, we have to go through it with them. And what I would encourage spouses and families to do is to make sure that you fight for your officers, to make sure that if you begin to see things that are, that that's not normal behavior or if things don't seem right, then certainly seek out help, you know, for your officer. There are so many places and people and different levels of help from, you know, when Charles had went through his issue, we found our greatest help through a stress coach. Not necessarily, he wasn't necessarily needing full-on mental health services, but just the common sense things like different vitamins and different exercises for his breathing and um, just different things that she was able to impart upon him helped him to get a new normalcy. And so you have to go out and find those things that work for your officers. And some those, of the same can be said for you, for the spouses. Mm -hmm. oh, they got to take care of themselves as well. I, I agree. I, what what I do notice about most police spouses is, again, we will find our tribe. And I will tell you 
that when my husband, through every moment of what my husband went through, through him being shot, through us going to court, which was, you know, even a whole nother story, I cannot remember one of those times not a member of my police wife circle being right there with me. When I arrived at the hospital that morning of him being shot, one of the first faces to walk up to me was one of my friends who was a police wife who had been on dispatch, because oftentimes we serve in those mm-hmm. capacities too, and she had heard and she dropped, she said, I gotta go, this is my friend. And I absolutely have to be there for her. And I was immediately surrounded by about four or five of them with things for my son, with food, with what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? And that has never changed. And that is what helps us as a blue family. That's what makes us who we are. We're going to have to have you back. There's so, and by the way, we'll let people know there's going to be a lot of things happening. You're going to see a lot happening with National Police Wives through lawenforcementtoday.com. Again, before we leave, Kelly, please tell people how they get more information about your organization. They can mainly, one of the main sources is, of course, our huge Facebook page, or you can look up our website at nationalpolicewives.org. Uh, we love getting messages. We we answer all of our messages personally. Uh, we love to see people join the, the Facebook page, especially because we put a lot of things out peer support-wise, because that's our goal, Absolutely. to be a, a peer support resource for spouses and families. So oftentimes you will see myself on there and our vice president, Rendy, and pretty soon you'll begin to see other members who are going to be dealing with topics from Kelly Lowe, thanks so much for being a guest on the show. Very much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you so much for spending part of your day with us here at Law Enforcement Today. On behalf of everyone associated with the show and the website, this is John J. Wiley. Until next time, see ya. (laughs) 